lift your two hands with me today and just bless his name. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your grace. We thank you uh, because it's your doing that we are alive and well today. And we honor you, God of all flesh, Father of all spirit. We appreciate your presence in our lives. Wherever everyone is joining this service from, we ask that your presence will pervade and permeate the atmosphere in every home, in every heart, and in every life to the end that no life will remain the same again. We'll receive unusual grace to preach and to teach your word today with simplicity and accuracy. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, we ask uh, that you touch every life and that you, you cause healing, you cause restoration uh, uh, and divine transformation to be the portion of everyone that will partake of this, this message. We thank you, everlasting Father, and we bless your holy name. In Jesus' precious name, we are prayed. And all who believe, shout, they believe in amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I want to welcome you, especially to this service. I believe that God is doing great things in your life and great things in your household. And I ask that you put distractions away from you. Uh, will you share the broadcast or call somebody, uh, send a WhatsApp message, a text message to someone, let them know that it's time to join the service uh, because this promises to be a powerful, powerful uh, time uh, in God's presence. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So, just so good uh, to be able to partake of God, God, God's word one more time today. And uh, uh, we're going to continue in the message series that we started last week. Uh, I want to uh, give a shout out to everyone joining us uh, from the U.S., from Canada, from England, uh, whatever part of Great Britain you're joining us from, everyone joining us from all around Africa, everyone joining uh, from the Middle East, from the Far East, from Europe, from Australia, wherever you're joining the service from today, I just want to appreciate you from all the cities around uh, my nation, Nigeria. I want to welcome you very, very specially to this, this service. We're continuing the teaching series, uh, with, which we've titled Love DNA. Love DNA, we've been speaking to the subject of the importance of relationships, the importance uh, you know, of, of divine connections in my life and your life. We started last week with a message uh, that we titled Love Under Pressure. Love Under Pressure. And if you uh, have not been able to see the message, if we're not in the service, uh, I want to encourage you to get on our YouTube platform, listen to, to that message, uh, go to the resource uh, website, download the MP3, and make sure you listen again and again because it promises uh, to be uh, a very transformational experience for you. We'll continue today in this message that I've titled, Rooted in Love. Rooted in Love. Can I ask you a question today? Are you rooted in love? Are you rooted in love? Are you rooted in love? Uh, if your spouse is with you, can you ask your neighbor or your spouse, are you rooted in love? Anyone that's around you there, this is a great question to ask everyone today. Uh, being rooted speaks to a very firm foundation. And that's what we're speaking to today. We're speaking to the subject of foundation. We're speaking to the subject of the things that hold a relationship together. Yeah, the things that hold a relationship together. Uh, a, a foundation is defined as something such as an idea, a principle, or a fact that provides support for something. That's what foundation is defined as. You know, a principle, an idea, a fact uh, that's, that, that, that provides support for something. What is holding something together? That's the foundation. 
is often not seen, not appreciated, but without it, nothing would be together. I remember many years ago uh, uh, in one of these series, I pointed out the fact that many people uh, want, uh, you know, a Burj Khalifa marriage. How do I mean? The Burj Khalifa is the tallest building in the world, in, in Dubai, United Arab Emirates. I've had the opportunity of visiting the place once or twice. It's very magnificent, very beautiful to behold. Uh, and it's the tallest building in the world. And many people uh, want a marriage that, that, you know, that will be that tall, that will be that magnificent, that will be that great, and that will endure uh, times and seasons and endure forever until death do us part. That, that's what we pray for. That's what we're looking forward to. But when it's time to build the foundation, whether in a relationship or even in an existing marriage, what we see is that many people focus on building uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a bungalow foundation. Just lay the blocks together. Just put something together. That's what most people want to do. We're very pedestrian about our approach to building a strong relationship, a strong marital relationship, a strong partnership, a strong companionship, a, whatever kind of relationship you're building this season. Uh, your focus should be on how do I lay a very firm foundation. My prayer for everyone today is that the Holy Spirit uh, will walk in you as you listen to this message today and it will help you to build an enduring foundation uh, for whatever vital relationship God is working out in your life right now in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. And for anyone who is in a marital relationship, I need you to listen and listen attentively because in the course of this message, you will see how uh, and where to repair and to put things in order. You know, there's such, such a, a platform, a foundation that the grace of God can rest upon. Uh, in the story of Elijah, for instance, let me digress a little. Uh, Elijah, the Bible says, repaired the altar. He laid, the, you know, the bricks in order, you know, put, you know, uh, different things at different places before the fire of God could fall upon the sacrifice. So when Elijah said, let the God that answered by fire, let him be God indeed. When the prophets obeyed, they tried to bring fire down on their own altar and there was no fire. But the moment Elijah repaired the altar, put things in place, the fire fell. For somebody today, my prayer for you is that you go into this new season in your marital experience, as you put things in order, as you rearrange the foundation of, of, of your marital relationship, the grace of God, the joy of, of the Lord, the peace of God will rest upon your home in the precious name of Jesus. You know, in Matthew chapter 7, when you read from verse 24 uh, down, you know, there, you, 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 you see the illustration that Jesus used when he was talking about how people build. He said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine uh, and, and does them, he said, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And uh, talking about building your house on the rock, he was talking about the kind of foundation, the kind of foundation you know, that, that is required for a house to withstand pressure, for it to withstand winds and, and waves. Because in, in verse 24 there, uh, verse 25 says, and the, 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 the rain came, yeah, the rain descended, the flood came, uh, and the wind blew and beat on, on that house, and it's, uh, it, 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 will, it, it did not fail. Yeah, it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Said, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house 
on the sand. And he said, by the time the wind came and the, the flood came and, you know, it blew upon it, everything fell like a pack of cards. May what you are building not fall in the name of Jesus. Your marital uh, life will not fail. Your relationships will no, love, no longer suffer shipwrecks in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody say, believe in amen to that. Uh, there are imminent threats, you know, in the current times uh, uh, to the foundation of, of, of our marital lives. Threats to building a, a solid foundation. Uh, I'll go through a few of them. Yeah, I'll just go through a few of them as I proceed in this message. And I need you to listen attentively because as I mention some of these things, some of them will resonate with you. The reason why you are part of this teaching experience today is because God wants some cause correction to happen in your life. Uh, for, for a single person listening to me right now, God wants to give you an idea of the kind of foundation that you need to lay for you to have a blissful marital experience. And for anyone who is already married, it's time for you to have also a bit of course correction, uh, a bit of repair, uh, rearrangement, so that things can fall in the rightful places. Threats to building a solid foundation. One is wrong reasons for starting the relationship or marriage. The moment there's a wrong premise, it's already a problem. It's already a problem when there's a wrong premise uh, to what we're doing. Second one is ignorance and assumption. Many people uh, uh, are very ignorant about the subject of relationships. When I ask you, if I ask you right now, how many books have you read in recent time on relationship? If you're, if you're single. How many books have you read in recent time if you're married on, on building a stronger marriage? Or how to gain emotional balance in marriage? or how to create a balanced family, or how to raise your children or nurture your spouse in a way that will enrich your home. That's what we're talking about. Many people are literally romancing their ignorance, you know, uh, when they're supposed to open up to a fresh level of understanding and knowledge. And when ignorance is pervasive, there will be loads of assumptions. Can I say that one more time? Whenever ignorance is pervasive, there will be loads of assumptions. And assumptions, we say, uh, is the lowest level of knowledge. When you dwell on assumption, you will never be able to build something that will last. Assumptions bring surprises. When things fail, we, we, we are surprised. But we shouldn't be surprised because we are not supposed to build an assumption. We are supposed to build on the truth and principles that have been tried and tested. That's what we build on, not assumptions. But ignorance will cause us to build on assumptions. May God damage your ignorance this season. May he establish you in the current truth, in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. May your truth not be turned to, uh, 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 may your life not be turned to darkness in the name of Jesus. You know, that's one of the prayers uh, that we should pray all the time. Because sometimes what was light before may become darkness because, uh, uh, you know, knowledge is, is progressive. And we need to keep learning. Also, misconceptions from family and society. That, that's another threat to building a solid foundation. Misconception from family and society, and I'm going to speak to that as we go on. The, the next one is lack of personal responsibility or self-awareness. Yeah, lack of personal responsibility or self-awareness. Many people have just chosen to be irresponsible, and you cannot build anything on that, that level of irresponsibility, especially in adulthood, when you're supposed to be able to build something, build great relationships, build great marriages. That's not the time to, 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 to celebrate immaturity, to celebrate irresponsibility. So lack of personal responsibility and self-awareness can, can, can be a great threat to building a solid marriage. 
Laziness and lack of commitment is another one. Laziness and lack of commitment. Laziness and lack of commitment. Many people have just chosen to be lazy and refuse to, you know, to commit to the things that they need to do. You know, in life, we say the things that matter most must never be at the mercy of the things that matter least. When laziness, you know, uh, take hold of you, 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 sometimes you just start to focus on the things that don't matter. And then you realize that things are falling apart, relationships are falling apart. But simply because you, 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 you have embraced laziness and lack of commitment, nothing great can happen without commitment. No great marriage, no great relationship can be built without absolute commitment. Without commitment. That, the, 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 let, let me go a little further as I get into the main thing in the message of today, which is the six fundamental agreements for relationships. For you to build a strong relationship, yeah, a strong marriage, you need these six fundamental agreements. What the scripture says in Amos 3 and verse 3 is very instructive. Can two work together unless they agree? And in a relationship, it always involves two people. There has to be a divine alignment. We have to agree. We need to be able to go in the same direction. And there are foundational agreements that are necessary. Upon uh, which we won't be able to go far if these foundational agreements have not been laid and laid properly. You know, as a young man thinking of getting married, my mind was always in different places. Uh, sometimes I think more about who to love me more than who I'm going to love. <laughs> you know, and not, not, not knowing that uh, the person I'm going to marry to is thinking about, you know, who, who will love me. Uh, and if that's the case, then uh, I'm not going to get anything and she's not going to get anything because I'm not thinking of who to love. I'm only thinking of who to love me or who will love me. You know, and that, that, that's what happens a lot of the time. And, and these are the things that break down the kind of agreement that should ensue because uh, uh, as I go into this today, you're, you're, you're going to get a lot from it and I need you uh, to please get something with which you can write because these this are foundational truths that you must live your life by if your heart desire is to have a solid marital relationship, a solid uh, you know, relationship uh, that will lead into marriage. Glory be to Jesus. So, it's important to know that the art of conflict in every relationship, at the very heart of conflict in every relationship, is disagreement. 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 Inability to agree. That's what we call disagreement. And that leads to conflict. And the journey to oneness starts with, uh, you know, basic agreements. Just like Amos 3 and verse 3 says, can two work together? I said they agree. Uh, you remember last week we are talking about the uh, foundational scripture for this series, which is uh, from the book of Genesis chapter, chapter 2. Uh, when you read verse 24 and 25 there, 24 says, uh, uh, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two of them shall become one flesh. One flesh. Not two, but one. One flesh speaks to an unusual agreement and, uh, you know, an unusual level of harmony that leaves, you know, no dividing line. There's a symmetry uh, that when you look at it, it looks like uh, it's just one thing or one person, but there are actually two people because they're two souls that have been knitted together. 
So the journey to oneness is a journey of agreement and alignment. Yeah. No marriage can endure with joy without agreement. Without agreement. So the scripture says, man shall leave father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two of them shall become one flesh. And it speaks to alignment, to harmony, to agreement. To agreement. Verse 25 says, uh, 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 of the same Genesis chapter 2 then says they were both naked the man and his wife and, and they were not ashamed and we talked about vulnerability extensively last week and it's oneness that leads to uh, you know uh, that level of vulnerability when we're both committed to oneness we, we come into a divine agreement uh, an alignment and a level of harmony that is uncommon and then we start to see that vulnerability becomes uh, the usual thing in our home uh, let, 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 let's run very fast through these six foundational agreement for relationships. Listen to me. Whether you are married or single, these six foundational agreements must be in place if you are going to go far with anything you are doing. Let me start with the first one. The agreement to build the marriage or relationship on God's word. You know, I tell people, when I meet people in counseling, have you made a decision that this relationship is going to be a Christian relationship? Because if it's going to be a Christian relationship, then it must be ruled, guided, uh, you know, uh, and directed by God's word. By God's word. So, unfettered and undiluted faith in God and his word is, is a major foundation of agreement in marriage. We have to agree to build the marriage or, or the relationship on God's word. Young lady, listen to me. Young man, listen to me. If you're single and you're looking for somebody to marry and you're a Christian, you're a disciple of Christ, and in that relationship that you're starting, you cannot hold a conversation to challenge yourselves that is this going to be a Christian marriage? And both of you agree that it's going to be a Christian marriage, then you use the Bible to guide yourself in that relationship. Yeah, you choose to meditate on the word of God together, to come into definite agreement about what the Bible has to say about how a relationship should work out. The author of marriage knows how to work it out when you follow his principles. If you're married, listen to me. Uh, the majority of the issues we're having in relationships, in marital relationships, uh, um, um, mostly based on the fact that people are refusing to live out their Christianity and live out the word of God in their home. So when you hear people say, uh, Christianity has nothing to do with this, or don't bring God into this, you are looking at someone who, or a people who have not agreed to build their marriage or relationship on God's word. Now, I reckon with the fact that nurture and nature, you know, create background differences in marriage. There are individual preferences that will tear any relationship apart. That's why the scripture says in Genesis 2 and 24 that we read earlier on, that we have to leave father and mother, which speaks to nurture and nature, which speaks to background and, 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 and the things we're familiar with, and preferences that we have to leave them aside before we can cleave. Living and cleaving, like, we, like I've often said, it, it, it's, not, you know, it's not something that just happened. 
It's not an event. It's not when you go to the altar and say we're married and the, we, we pronounce a blessing over both of you and join you together. You have lived, you know, you have left and you have you have, you have not been joined. Uh, it's beyond that event. It's a journey. It's not an event. It's a journey, and it's a journey of letting go of what I'm used to, letting go of nurture and nature. Yeah, letting go of, of my, my my preferences and being able to look at someone else and say, look, how can we align? How can we align? Uh, uh, can, you, can, can, can we come into an agreement uh, to focus not on our preference, but focus on the word of God? Yeah, focus on the word of God, on the word of God. Because our point of alignment would then be the word of God, the word of God. The word of God is an unbiased habitat in relational issues. It panders to no one's preference. Yeah, it panders to no one's preference. I'm going to get to that in a bit. Uh, when you talk about, you know, for instance, submission and love. Wife, submit to your own husband. Husband, love your wife. Whoever wrote the Bible or wrote that part of the Bible, we know that it's by the, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that the Bible was written. It means that the Holy Spirit was not pandering to wives, neither is it pandering to husbands. Yeah. It, 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 the, the Bible written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is an unbiased habitat in relational issues. Yeah, unbiased. That's why scripture says in Proverbs 4, verse 18, 19, and 20, it says, uh, but, but, but the path uh, of the just is like shining light that shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. Said the way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know uh, what makes them stumble. Says my son, give attention to my word. If you don't want to stumble, give attention to my word. Incline your ears to my saying. Do not let them depart from the midst of your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. He said, for their life, life to those who find them and hell to all their flesh. They will be, the word of God will be life to your marital relationship and hell to your marital relationship when you choose to follow it. Secondly, number two, the number two agreement. You know, the first agreement is the agreement to build the marriage or relationship on God's word. The second foundational agreement is the agreement to leave the past behind. To leave the past behind. Say, going back to Genesis 2 and 24. A man shall leave his father and mother. A woman shall leave her father and, um, and her mother and be joined to the partner. Yeah. And any relationship that will lead into marriage must honor Genesis 2 and 24. Yeah. So that the reality of 25 can, 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 can make sense, which is naked and not ashamed. Leave father and mother. Agreement to leave the past behind. The agreement to leave the past behind. It speaks to gaining emotional wholeness before you get into marriage and whilst you are married. The big question to always ask is, am I whole? Am I prepared? Am I ready? That's for singles. Avoid bringing previous odds, disappointments, and all those things into your current relationship. So your previous relationship should not dictate what you will or won't do in marriage. Because some people get into marriage because of their inability to agree to leave the past behind. They say, oh, I've been hurt before. So in this relationship, I'm going to guard my emotions jealously. Meanwhile, you have somebody who has needs, emotional needs to be met. And uh, uh, you're the one that's supposed to meet those needs. 
that the Bible says in the book of Proverbs said, uh, drink water from your own cistern and running water from your well. And was talking about uh, uh, a man. It says, you know, derive fulfillment emotionally, sexually from your marriage. Yeah, stay in there. So when somebody says, oh, because I've been abused before, uh, I'm not disposed, you know, to, to you know, sexual intimacy in marriage. Uh, I just want to be married, you know, or uh, I, I don't know how to serve people because uh, in, in my past life at home, you know, my parents' relationship is such that they don't serve each other. They don't, they don't really honor each other. They don't serve each other. So uh, if you refuse to leave the past behind, Leave father and mother, which speaks to, uh, uh, you know, your background, the things that you have experienced before, speaks to, you know, your, 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 your nurture, things you have gone through before, uh, whether good, bad, or, or ugly, uh, especially the ugly and the not so great. You need to leave them behind and put your best foot forward as you are getting into a marital relationship. The divine principles of marriage are not altered as a result of previous experiences. I need to say that again. The divine principles of marriage are not altered as a result of previous experiences, whether in family or your previous relationships. You will not be excused for living anyhow in marriage because you have gone through a lot in the past. You need to trust God to overcome the pain of the past, to overcome, you know, the effect of the abuse of the past, to overcome the things, the baggage that wants to come with you into this new uh, relationship that you're building. Glory be to Jesus. So though you've been hurt, abused, rejected, or neglected in the past, you don't have any special privilege to set aside any of the requirements of marriage. If you're going to get into a relationship that will lead to marriage or you're in a marriage, you can't use the excuse of the past uh, for holding back this marriage and maybe treating your spouse anyhow. There has to be an agreement to leave the past behind. So if you're going to get counsel, if you're going to get therapy, if you need prayer, or if you need to read a book, whatever you need to do, <laughs> you have to commit to it that my past will not Encumber uh, my presence, so uh, my present time, so that it will not destroy my future. Can I say that one more time? There has to be a commitment on each person's side uh, that my past will not encumber my present, my present time, uh, uh, so that I don't give it the right to destroy my future. Many marriages are breaking today because people are refusing to put uh, to leave the past behind them and focus on building a strong. Uh, you know, uh, uh, marriage or strong relationship right now that will take them into uh, their, 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 their blissful future. And that will be your portion in the name of Jesus. You will see peace in your marital life. Uh, your future is secured and you will walk into it as you start to walk out the word of God in your home in the precious name of Jesus. Somebody say a better amen to that. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. All right. Uh, 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 my, my third point today, the third agreement, the third foundational agreement, the ongoing agreement to do the required work in marriage. Yeah, to do the required work in marriage. That means to work on your marriage. For any relationship to thrive, two people must be committed to working at it. Working at it. So in order for any relationship to grow, develop, Flourish, 
and be fruitful. It needs to receive care, attention, time, and nurturing. <clears throat> Can I say that one more time? In order for any relationship, you know, to, 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 to be fruitful, to flourish, just like any other thing. When you see a business that is working well, it means that somebody is working at it. When you see, you know, uh, a grass that is green anywhere, somebody must be watering it and possibly fertilizing it. Yeah, that's what makes it green. So a green grass, uh, 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 a business that is working, uh, a marriage that is working, is, is not because, you know, uh, people have done nothing. It's because some people have been extremely committed, uh, diligent at working at it. Uh, this third agreement is very important. Many marriages are currently neglected, suffering neglect. Nobody works at nothing. We're not building the relationship. We're not building friendship. We're not improving in communication. Sex has gone south. Nothing is working. Even parenting is a, is a very bad chore. Everything is just going wrong because there's no commitment to work on your marriage. So if there's anything, uh, any marriage, any relationship that will be fruitful, that will be productive, it needs to receive care, attention, time, and nurturing. And a lot of time, people suffer uh, from distraction or lack of priority. And that's why, you know, there will be neglect. We neglect uh, our, our homes when we suffer from distraction. I mean, distraction. When we're distracted from paying attention to what is important. And it shows in lack of priority. I remember this scripture in Song of Solomon chapter 1 and, and, and verse number 6. Uh, uh, Song of Solomon chapter 1 and verse number 6. He reads this way in the New King James Version. He said, do not look upon me because I'm dark. Because the sun has turned me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me keep, make me the keeper of their vineyard. But my own vineyard I have not kept. This is what happens when things are going south in a relationship. People just blame other things, blame situations and circumstances. This person here was saying, uh, don't, don't, don't despise me. One translation says, don't despise me because I'm dark. It is the sun that turned me. Who told you to stand in the sun if you don't want to be turned? People always look for something to blame. You know, look for something to blame. Look for something to blame. Uh, uh, so he says, it's my, my brother's. My mother's sons, they gave me their vineyard to look after. So I neglected my own. And then we can see the effect of it. When there's neglect in the vital areas of life, especially in our relationships, we'll see the effect of it. People tend to work, you know, on acquiring possession, maintaining, uh, you know, a good lifestyle and uh, uh, their aspirations for material possession, you know, and all those kind of things. People will spend time in the gym to build their physique, but they will not build their marriage. And you wonder, who are you building the physique for if you are not going to build your marriage? Uh, people will, 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 you know, will spend time uh, on their car, spend time on a, a home that is well decorated, but not a, a, a marriage that is well decorated. Uh, because when the marriage is bad, a home is turned to a boxing ring. A home can be turned to nothing. A home is just a house. It's no longer a home when there's no love flowing there. So you can spend a lot of money decorating your home, buying new furniture, repainting, and doing all that. But is your marriage actually getting a facelift? Or is it just your house that is getting a facelift? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. 
that, that, that amount of time that you're supposed to spend uh, reading or getting into counseling or even paying for counseling or, you know, or, or spending time maybe on weekends or evenings, spending time, to, you know, to go out in the evening, spend the money. Because that, when you refuse to spend that money, uh, I know I'm shaking some tables today, when you refuse to spend that money, the house that you're spending money on, the car that you spent money on, we soon look meaningless to you, with nothing to show for it. People will spend, uh, you know, time developing their career, but they will not spend time developing their vital relationships. So you lose relationship with spouse, with children, with parents, but you're building career. Building career is good, but we have to balance things out. You can spend time on changing your wardrobe to look good, to look this way and that way, but what about the vital, most important relationships? Very important. Uh, I mean, let me even shake this table a little more. Some people will even spend more time, you know, in church or in building their faith. I'm reading the Bible for three hours. I pray for five hours. But somebody's been neglected or somebody's not carried along. Because one, we chase a thousand, like we said last week. Two, we put 10,000 to flight. So there are some things that you should not even do alone. You have to carry your spouse along. So there has to be an agreement to work on the marriage. And marriage is not about one person. Glory be to Jesus. Beware that you don't neglect your vital relationships. You don't neglect your marriage. Yeah, many people quit too soon. Rather than working on the relationship, uh, say, you know, I've tried my best. And the moment you quit and submit to faith, things just start to go south. Proverbs 24, when you read from verse 30, I read it from New Living Translation. It said, I walk by the field of a lazy person, the vineyard of one with no common sense. Look at how he put it. One with no common sense. He said, I saw that it was overgrown with nettles. It was covered with weeds because of neglect, you know. It was covered with weeds. Weeds. And its walls were broken down. This is a picture, an imagery of how some people's relationships uh, get to look like. Then he said, then, as I looked and thought about it, I learned this lesson. He said, the, the, the house, the field, the marriage of this person, I'm learning from it. I'm taking a lesson from it. And he said, this is the lesson. A little sleep, that's a little neglect. A little uh, uh, slumber. A little folding of the hands, doing nothing to build your marriage or to build your relationship or to develop it. A little folding of the hands to rest. He said, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity Lack of joy, lack of peace. He said, we attack you like an armed robber. When you don't work on building communication in marriage, for instance, you can lose your peace. Because somebody's speaking Greek and somebody's speaking French and they don't understand each other. Yeah. And you need to agree which language are we going to be speaking in this home. That's where we start to, you know, to build it. That's where we, we, we start to pay attention. We talk about such things when we start to pay attention. So working on a relationship means giving a little, I mean, giving up a little pride and self-centeredness. Just giving up those little pride, self-centeredness in order to give, uh, uh, you know, give part of yourself to another person. That's what it means to work on your relationship. Just give, you know, look away from, give up your little pride, give up your little self-centeredness. And then give a part of you to somebody else. 
Glory be to Jesus. It's important for me to also emphasize that working on your relationship doesn't mean working on your partner. Yeah. Working on your relationship doesn't mean working on your partner. It is not your job to work on your partner. That's God's job. It is uh, not your partner's job to work on you. It is your job to work on you. It is my job to work on me. So as I work on me and create opportunities for stronger connection, I'm working on my marriage. When we say work on your marriage, many, many people uh, think about their spouses. Uh, how can I uh, remodel this person? How can I build this person? You know, sometimes there's nothing you're going to do to make, you know, an old, you know, uh, an old meal to, to talk to a, a race horse. It's not, it's not going to happen. You know, uh, you, you just need to stay there and let God do what only he can do while you focus on what you, only you can do, which is to work on yourself and create an atmosphere uh, for, you know, for, for intimacy, for connection, for vulnerability. That's the best you can do. When you overfocus on the other person, you neglect yourself, and uh, uh, that's not how to work on your marriage. Uh, may I also drop this before I go to my fourth point, which is that singles don't marry, don't, 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 never marry anyone uh, that cannot or refuses to work on himself or herself. Yeah. Anyone that you intend to make over or transform in marriage, you're already creating a bad foundation. Uh, for that relationship. Yeah. You must, you, you should get involved and build a strong relationship with people who have agreed also to work on themselves. And that takes me to my next point. That takes me to my fourth point, which is that the agreement that, I mean, which is the agreement that both partners need to change. That's the fourth agreement. Fourth agreement. If you're just joining, uh, let, let me, let me retreat very quickly. The first agreement, I'm talking about six foundational agreements for relationship. The first agreement is agreement to build the marriage or, or relationship on God's word. The second agreement is agreement to leave the past behind. And the third agreement is the ongoing uh, agreement to do the required work in marriage. And the fourth agreement, which I'm just getting into, is the agreement to, uh, uh, that both partners need to change. The agreement that both partners need to change. For any relationship, and especially marriage, to become stronger, we both have to agree that we both need to change, not one person. Both of us need to change. And don't forget this, that growth is the process of change and evolution that, you know, that produces emotional and relational maturity. It's called growth, 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 growth. If it's when I, I decide that I'm going to grow, that's when I have decided that Okay, I'm signing up for, for a life of change. You know, in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 11, the Apostle Paul was writing there. He says, when I was a child, I spoke and taught and reasoned as a child. This is New Living Translation. I reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. I put away childish things. It's a decision that I made to put away childish things. Yeah. When I made a decision to invest in consistent self-development and growth, then I'm, I'm really ready to make my marriage work. To be intentional, to remove the speck from my heart first before I deal with the immaturity uh, and the weakness of my spouse. First of all, reduce or remove my own. If I, 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 I don't want the... the, the the quest for growth or change to be one-sided. 
Because most of the time, people only see what is wrong with their own spouses. They don't see what is wrong with them. Both of us must make a commitment to change. A commitment to change. And the pathway to change or lasting change is growth. It's growth. It's growth. Uh, uh, it's not something you just form. You can't form growth. Uh, the best way to describe it is there's a difference between eating your head on the pillar and the head, you know, is swollen uh, and you growing and becoming an adult with a bigger size head or body part. There are two different things. Many people just want something to, you know, to just increase all of a sudden without the process of growth. And for anything to grow, there has to be change. Change means, uh, uh, for somebody today, change may mean taking charge of your attitude, your speech, your temperament, yeah, and behavioral pattern, and putting these under the authority of God's word. That's what change should mean to you and I today. Change, let me go over it again one more time. Change means taking charge of your attitude, speech, temperament, and behavioral patterns, and putting this under the authority of God's word. That's what change means to a Christian that's in a relationship, that I want to take responsibility for my attitude, for the way I speak. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. When I became mature, I put away childish things. That's what change should mean to you and I as, as a believer, a mature believer in a relationship. I take charge of my speech, my temperament, my behavioral pattern, and, and I put everything into subjection to the word of God. Let me go to the fifth agreement, the fifth agreement. Uh, that's the agreement to disagree. And that's to create a balance to most of the things I've said today. We need to value the difference that you and I have. And seek agreement at, you know, at deeper levels. And not make our agreement, you know, we won't agree about everything. Let me just put it that way. But there are things that are deal breakers and there are things that are not deal breakers. So you need to be intentional about finding areas of compromise. And agree within your differences. You, you know, and, uh, areas of compromise and agreement within your differences. I mean, Yeah, you need to carefully. Find areas of compromise and areas of agreement within, within your differences. Because somebody may listen to this message and say, oh, uh, what PG is saying is that we have to agree about everything if our marriage will work. No, there's also an agreement to disagree. And we disagree in a very civil manner. So don't expect your spouse to change everything about them just to suit you. Or to become a mirror image of your uh, wants, desires, and choices. You know, your style, your likes, and your dislike. That's childish. You know, all of us have gone through it. You took, you, when you take a, a lady on a date and then you're trying to impress them and they say, oh, what movie do you like? You, you say rom-com or, or, or sci-fi. You say, oh, I also like sci-fi too. You know, just everything is just, you know, rhyming. And before you know it, too, this is my soulmate. There's nothing like soulmate that everything uh, is a mirror image of their likes and their dislikes, their wants and desires. There's nothing like that. There's no two human beings like that. So lay that to rest. We have to agree to disagree. We need to come to an agreement that everything, we will not agree as per everything. There will be issues. For instance, Christians will have doctrinal differences sometimes. But they, they may not be game changers. Uh, uh, that Christ died and rose on the third day and was born of Virgin Mary, those are basic doctrines that we must all agree to. Yeah. 
that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you're not saying anything different from that, but if it's about, oh, whether somebody should wear, uh, is it okay for Christians to wear black shirt, like I'm wearing right now, <laughs> or black on black? Why is a pastor looking black? And all those kind of things. Or should, should, should a Christian sister actually wear red, red clothes, or wear trousers, or wear this and that? Those are things that have no reckoning in heaven. Yeah. And we, we may never be able to agree totally on them. On sport, you can be uh, sup- you know, supporting a particular football club and somebody supporting another football club. That should not sit to the end of a blissful relationship. Even food, simple things like that. Food or social life. Somebody likes to go out, somebody doesn't like to go out. Then let's agree how often both of us will go out together and when you allow me to just go out and enjoy my life because you don't like to go out. Uh, those are things we agree to disagree. We just agree to disagree. Uh, uh, money, for instance, somebody is a spender, some, somebody is a saver. Somebody likes to save, somebody likes to spend. We need to agree on when to save and when to spend. Those are the beautiful compromises that make our marriages uh, beautiful. Politics is there. We will not always support the same party or the same contestant. Uh, even in this season of COVID, uh, COVID vaccination is there. Some people are anti uh, vax, uh, and some people are, uh, are pro-vaccination, anti-vaccination, pro-vaccination. All those things are there. There will always be issues that may want to stand in between us. But we need to agree to disagree. To say, in this area, I pander to you. In that area, you will pander to me. Yeah. That's how we gain alignment, even in our differences. Say amen, somebody. So there has to be an agreement to disagree. Or there has to be an agreement to disagree. Uh, and that, that, that's where the beauty in our relationship will start to come out. So we build friend, building friendship is only possible through an open communication and mutual respect for each other's preferences. So be open to fair compromises, not my way or the highway. Yeah, it will never work like that. Can't, it can never be my way or the highway. In Romans 14, when you read verse 5 and 6, the Apostle Paul uh, was writing there, and it says, One person esteems one day above another, another esteem every day alike. So let each one uh, be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day uh, to, the, to the Lord, he does not observe the day. <laughs> he who eats, eats to the Lord, uh, for he, he gives uh, God thanks. And he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and gives God thanks. And he was talking about different preferences that believers will have. And the fact that we must not always, uh, you know, get bogged down when we, our differences show up, especially in the preferences of issues of life. Because here Paul was saying, look, what is it about a day? Preferring one day to the other. Somebody say, uh, Sunday is a holy day. No, Monday is my own holy day. Mm. Doesn't matter. Uh, somebody says uh, uh, this food is bad food, and that, that, the other person says I, that's what I want to eat. Fine. Yeah, you may not like the food, you may not even like the smell, but you have to tell yourself this is a preference of my spouse, and I'm going to do my best uh, to just endure and to support them through it. So we agree to disagree. And the last agreement today, as I wrap up, is the agreement to give hundred percent at all times. Somebody will say, PG, ah, that one is tough. 100% at all times. Yes. Yes. Relationships that will uh, lead to great marriages always require a lot of selfless giving. And marriages that will last long will also demand selfless giving. 
a 50-50 agreement or 50-50 arrangement won't be enough. Many people say, look, bring your 50, I bring my 50, we'll make 100. No, 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 no. You can't bring your 50 into a relationship. Uh, what the scripture says is that uh, uh, the two shall become one. Not the half and half will become one. No, no. God's calculation, God's mathematics is two become one. Yeah, that harmony, that oneness is what God is looking for. Bring your A game on, 100%. I bring mine 100%, then we can become one. Not that I bring 50 and I'm half-hearted. Uh, uh, you know, here is little commitment or half commitment. And you also bring your half commitment. No. We are all both at the same time, you know, 100% commitment uh, at the same time. The agreement to give 100% at all times on all issues. I bring my 100%, you bring your 100%. That's, that's how oneness is achieved in marriage. And that's how we prove that we're committed. 100% commitment to love, 100% commitment to forgiveness, I'm committed to forgiving you. I'm committed to loving you. And you also bring your 100% commitment in. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. We need to understand that love indeed is a verb. It's not a noun. So I show love by the things I do. And my 100% commitment. And agape love, which is the love of God as in Christ Jesus, uh, is about giving and forgiving. It's the foundation for great commitment. So we need to forgive quickly and freely and not give malice a room in our lives and in our relationships. Work against problems and not each other. Yeah, we work against problems, we don't work against each other. As I wrap up today, I need for somebody to understand that what the Bible demands of you and I when it comes to what we bring into a marriage is 100%. Yeah, for a relationship that will end up in marriage, I need to bring my full attention. My full 100%. For a marriage that will thrive and enjoy the peace of God and divine prosperity, uh, you have to bring your 100% in. And I wrap this up with Ephesians 5, verse 24 and 25. I chose these two verses deliberately. I need to take your time to meditate on them uh, because as you choose these verses, it, will, uh, it has a tendency uh, to help you destroy you know, your selfishness to help you destroy your insecurities and fears to great commitment and 100% uh, you, you know, commitment in marriage. Ephesians 5 verse 24, it says, Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. I didn't write the Bible. It was written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. If it's not going to work that way, the Holy Spirit will not have inspired the great apostle Paul to write it this way. He said, let the wives be subject to the husband in everything. And look at the, the, the verse 25 there. It says, husbands, love your wife just as Christ also loved the church that he gave himself for her. Jesus didn't do half and half. He gave himself completely, completely. He died for the church. And what is corresponding action that is required from the church. The Bible says uh, we should offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. That is the response of the church to the death of Christ. So it's 100% from you, 100% from me, and God blesses where there's 100% commitment. Uh, I, I want to, uh, 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 to say this as I wrap up. 
no marriage, no relationship will really thrive except there's agreement. And on these six pillars, foundational uh, 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 agreement in marriage, uh, uh, I live with you today and I ask that you take your time to consider, to meditate, to check the scriptures again like the Berean Christians and challenge yourself that I want to make a success out of my vital relationships uh, that God will place around me. As we go into this week, I want to encourage you to submit every, you know, all areas of your emotional weaknesses, the areas where you have nurtured unforgiveness uh, towards God, towards your spouse, towards yourself. Submit it to God. Uh, uh, you know, any kind of hurts, submit them to God in prayer. Submit them to the Holy Spirit. Seek counseling urgently. That's why we say, check on our platform. Get on our website. Uh, you, this, the, the, the counseling is available. Wherever you are in the world, we can reach you through our counseling platform. It's important that you participate. As a wrap-up today, I love to pray against destructive conflicts uh, that, are, that, that are defy, you know, defy any kind of uh, reasonable agreement. I want to speak against such today. And I also want to pray against satanic attacks on relationships and marriages. Is it when there's a satanic attack, that's when people will be wondering, where is this conflict coming from? And they won't be able to nip it in the board. Sometimes these things are not natural because when we get into this basic six agreements and many more agreements that God will bring into your mind, there should be peace in your home. But after doing all to stand, the Bible says stand therefore. And you have to stand and withstand every attack of the devil when you have done your part. The Bible says having a readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is complete. As you strive to make your obedience complete, then you also need to be able to stand against every attack of the devil. Will you lift your two hands with me today? In the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, I speak against every destructive conflict, every destructive ideology, every thought that is rising above the knowledge of God in your life, in your relationships, anything that is destroying God-ordained relationship. Uh, in the name of Jesus, I stand against them. I decree today, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. And I declare in that home, there shall be peace, there shall be progress. Joy is being released afresh into your heart in the name of Jesus. Whatever is standing against the fulfillment of your marital destiny, whatever is destroying your relationships, I stand in agreement of faith with you today and I decree an end to such in the name of Jesus. May the wisdom of God overflow your heart. May grace come upon you to walk in divine agreement. May grace come, come, come upon you today to locate the right partner. In the name of the Lord Jesus, for everyone that may have been stranded, searching and searching, I decree over you today divine clarity. In the name of Jesus, the hand of God rests upon you to do you good in the land of the living. You will no longer be stranded. Grace comes upon you today. The light of God shines upon your path. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I speak peace, I speak grace, and I speak the favor of God uh, over your relationships. In the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody who is blessed today, can you put your hands together and celebrate Jesus, celebrate Jesus, celebrate Jesus, celebrate Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise God. Uh, before we wrap up in this service, I just want to pray uh, for anyone who may be saying, PG, I'm not born again. Or somebody who may be saying, oh, I gave my life to Christ before, but I backslid into sin. I, 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 want, to, I, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. If that is you today, uh, will you uh, pray with me wherever platform you're joining us from, whether it's on TV, on social media, 
or in any of our churches. I, I, I just wanted to pray with me right now. I, I, I wanted to come to God with an open heart and be ready for Christ uh, to make an incursion into your heart because he wants, he wants to start afresh with you. He, he wants to steer you in the right direction. So if you want to give your life to Christ or you want to rededicate your life to Christ, I, I want to say this prayer after me right now. Put your right hand on your heart and say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. So I ask that you forgive me my sins and that you cleanse me from every unrighteousness. Say, I receive you today as my Lord and my personal Savior in the name of Jesus. I ask that you fill my heart with your spirit and you give me a new beginning from this moment forward in Jesus' name. So I declare that I'm born again. I'm a child of God and I will serve Jesus with my life from this moment forward, in Jesus' precious name, amen. If you just said that prayer with me, I want you to go to the chat room. If you're on any of our social media platform, uh, go to the comment and let, let us know, I just gave my life to Christ or I just rededicated my life to Christ. Uh, if, you're, if you're watching this on TV, I also want you to send us a WhatsApp message or email. Let us know that you just made a decision for Jesus. Uh, please, whatever platform you're joining us for, make sure that you let us know that you just made a decision and God who started a good work in you he will perfect it in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus will be glorified in your life and God uh, will perfect all that concerns you in Jesus' precious name. Uh, amen and amen and amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. It's that time in the service where we give to God and I want you to package your offerings, your tithes, whatever you brought uh, to, to give to God today. Uh, uh, you, 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 you know how we do it. The details uh, will be on the screen. Uh, you can, if you're local to Nigeria, you can use any of the details on the screen uh, to give, whether it's through the USSD code, wire transfer, or you can just get on our website, elevationng.org, first, like giving, and you can use any of your cards, uh, whether local or international cards, a secured platform where you can give. If you also want to do wire transfer for any in, in, in Forex, the details are on the right-hand side of the screen right now, and you can also use that to give internationally. Uh, I want to speak a blessing over everyone giving today. We want to say thank you to you uh, for supporting ministry work at the Elevation Church. Because of your giving, uh, 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 the, the work is progressing rapidly. We're being a blessing to humanity. We're preaching the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, we're seeing souls saved. In the course of the month of August alone, we had over a thousand people give their life to Christ through the ministry of the Elevation Church. Uh, and, and we're grateful uh, that, that you can worship God with your substance, uh, with the hope uh, that, that your giving translates into the expansion of God's kingdom, which is what is happening right here at the Elevation Church. So if you've not been giving, if you've not been tithing, I want to encourage you uh, to honor God with your substance right now. And I'm, I, I'm just going to say a prayer right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I speak a blessing to everyone giving today. Lord, we ask that you receive the tithe, to receive the offerings and the special seeds of your people. We ask that you receive it as our worship, not just a donation, but our worship. We worship you, the only true and living God, uh, the giver of grace, the God of favor, and the God of all mercy. And we ask that you look upon these seeds favorably, cause your mercy, your grace, and your favor to rest upon every giver. Where doors are being shut against other people, let doors open for us. Uh, let the, the new week come with new blessings in the life of everyone uh, given to you today. And we thank you for anyone who may be in any form of lack right now. We ask that the heavens open over them and you, the giver of all good gifts, uh, please uh, look favorably upon them also to the end that the next time they, they, they join to our service, uh, there will be something to give. 
in the precious name of Jesus. Father, we thank you and we'll give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. And all who believe shall they believe in. Amen. All right. Uh, if you're your first time ever joining any of our services online, on TV, or wherever you're watching from, I, I want to welcome you very, very specially, very specially. If you don't mind, can you go to, to the chat or go, go to the comment or, or send us a message right now and let us know it's my first time. It's my first time. If you let us know that it's your first time, we have our ministers right there uh, who will send you a link uh, where you can get a gift from the Elevation Church and uh, we'll love to keep in touch with you, send you some more information about our church and also uh, invite you to subsequent events of the Elevation Church that we believe will be a blessing to you. So if you don't mind, uh, please let us know uh, that it's your first time and we'll be able to reach out to you. Our church, the Elevation Church, exists to make greatness common. That's our, our mission. And we believe that in every man and every woman is a seed of greatness that God has planted. And if you continue to worship with us uh, online or if you are in any city uh, where we have our locations, in the city of Lagos, in Nigeria, in London, England, in the greater Toronto area, in Canada, uh, in any of our physical gatherings, uh, we'll, we'll welcome you very warmly. If you check on our website, you get all the details of all of our physical gatherings. And then our online church which is big enough to contain everyone from all over the world. We welcome you to join us on our online church, uh, you know, consistently. And we see that greatness will evolve through you. And uh, God, who created you, will cause you to discover purpose, work in purpose, fulfill your destiny, and be a blessing to humanity, and, uh, and, and, and partake in eternal bliss in God's kingdom, in Jesus' precious name. Uh, amen and amen and amen. So again, thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again and again. Please don't forget, uh, drop a line for us and let us know it's your first time. God bless you and thank you for joining us today. Amen. What an amazing word today. In fact, I, I didn't know that the time um, was fast spent like this because I was just enjoying every bit of that message. And I hope you also enjoyed the message. Uh, like we normally say, it is those that do with what they've heard that will be blessed. So what will be your action point this week based on the message that you have just listened to? I also want to invite you, especially for our midweek event this week because conversation will continue at the midweek event and also on all of our small groups conversation on relationship and different conversations will also happen on all of our small group and also you can follow us on all of our social media platform at elevation ng for our online church members our handle is online at tc we would love for you to follow us. Before you log off, let me declare into your week. I pray that as you step into this new week, I pray doors will be opened for you in the name of Jesus. Your relationship will work this week in the name of Jesus. I pray for divine wisdom for you to manage that relationship, that situationship. Uh, wisdom to manage it, wisdom to navigate, navigate it. God will give you this week in the mighty name of Jesus. I have more information for you. Please don't log off. I want you to stay tuned and get more updates from our team. God bless you.